Hey, this is Mike with the Hunting Ain't Easy podcast. Welcome to episode three, and I am going to call this the Policy Talks episode. Um, as a new podcast, I, I guess it's important for me to get out um, on the airwaves what's important to me and, and what I think is important to uh, the community of listeners that are going to develop here with Hunting Ain't Easy. And uh, as you know, I'm focused on California. I'm in California. Um, I've been a lifelong resident and I am all too aware of some of the, <laughs> the challenges that California has. Um, plenty for the residents of California to be upset with and, and dissatisfied with. But uh, you know what? I'm here along with 30 or 40 million other people. And the only way we get things to happen and to change is by being involved. And so this is where I think that the hunting community can really do a lot better. Um, I've seen, I've seen people post up on, on, you know, social media, ah, hunting and politics don't mix, you know, keep the politics out. You know, Facebook groups will say, you know, no politics, keep it focused on hunting. Um, but the reality is, is that hunting as a as a as an activity, as a as a lifestyle, uh, as a means of, of of managing wildlife and contributing to conservation, um, because we have not been in the political arena historically. And because we have not used a political voice to drive our issues and our thoughts and our, our preferences and priorities, um, people and organizations that would and do come after um, hunting as a means of conservation and wildlife management, those organizations that would come after our priorities to take them away or, or change them, um, limit them have have co-opted the political arena because we, they know we're not there and so that is a huge challenge um, we've got the fishing game commission which is you know policy making rule making we've got the california department of fish and wildlife which is the agency you know the ideally the neutral agency that enforces the, the rules and the policies uh, without being political. Um, and that's where it should all happen. You know, the commission should set the direction, rulemaking, policies, and then the Fish and Wildlife, Department of Fish and Wildlife should execute uh, based on data, based on science, based on data, and based on the knowledge that hunting is a means to conservation and uh, really in, in the North American model of conservation. Um, hunting contributes to, to the funding for conservation and wildlife management and habitat management. And therefore hunting is important and, and necessary to be successful in, in, those, uh, in those pursuits. Um, but the reality is, is that Organizations such as PETA and Humane Society um, and others, but those are the two that stand out, have have gone into the political arena, being the legislative body, you know, the Assembly and Senate of California, or into the political arena through uh, public propositions and, um, and gotten involved there to drive... Uh, new laws and regulations and limits on hunting in California that have directly impacted us. And one of the reasons that they have been successful there is because we are not active or skilled in that arena. So we need to do better there. So episode three today, um, this is going to be my 10 point plan. Actually, it's not my 10 point plan. I, it could become a 10 point plan, but we're going to, I'm going to touch on three or four key things that I think are important right now. And I think that, that with some coordinated uh, communication and coordinated thought and effort that over the next uh, couple of years, 
we as a as a community can can get some energy behind these ideas and see some change. Um, I think most importantly is is that if we can start driving the conversation and the dialogue proactively, um, then those people or or groups that would come after what we believe is important um, will be less successful. They 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 will be not have as much uh, uh, luck kind of undermining our goals. And so, um, jumping into this this podcast today because yesterday or last night, the uh, California draw results for, came out for deer, elk, sheep, um, antelope, and so of course today the good old Facebooks are full of. People just, you know, some people celebrating, hey, look, I got my tag. It's taken me 17 years. Got my tag. It was my first time ever in the draw. <laughs> um, and then, you know, for every one of those, there's 10 people ranting that they didn't get their tag. They've been in the draw forever. California sucks. You know, you get the, you get the very contra- contradictory statements of California manages uh, tags for the money. And then um, the draw sucks and you can't get a decent tag. Um, the, the funniest thing to me is at what part of the year you always hear from people complaining that there's not enough tags. There's not enough tags, right? So the draw sucks because people can't get tags. Um, and then literally moments later, days later, weeks later, you'll see in the same audience of people, the rant at the moment is there's too many hunters, <laughs> too many hunters, not enough deer. You know, the, the herd, the herd population is terrible. There's not enough deer in California. There's too many hunters. Um, and so I always wonder like, like intellectually, like just truly let's, let's be intellectually honest here. If there's not enough tags, then you can't turn around and say there's not there's too many hunters because the answer to n- too many hunters and the answer to not enough deer is fewer tags. Um, I realize it's not quite as you know black and white as that, but uh, that's that's definitely a, a logical conclusion that I would make if there's too many hunters and not enough deer is then there's not enough tags or there's too many tags. Um, which means you get back to the draw, which is hook place, and even fewer tags would be issued. Um, so, you know, California is in a tough spot because we have 40 million people and we don't have a deer for everybody. That's for sure. We have 250,000 deer tags sold. I think total issuable amount of deer tags is 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 well over 300,000. When you look at the AO tags, um, which never hit their cap, obviously, and it's the archery only. And you look at the A zone tags, which also never hit their cap. Um, you know, I think there's 330, 350,000 tags available in the state. And depending on what numbers you look at, that's the entire deer population. I mean, there's there's effectively a tag available for every buck, doe, fawn. In the state, and the only reason that you know there's any deer left in the state is because uh, hunting's tough, or as I'd like to say, hunting ain't easy. And you know the the harvest, the average harvest uh, each year is about ten percent of hunters. I think you know actually take 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 an animal, fill their tag. So the state can issue all these tags and um, they know that that only 10% of us are going to fill a tag. So, you know, why not? Let's just keep issuing those tags. Um, One of the reasons that the state of California issues so many tags is because there was a survey done. It's a very thorough, comprehensive survey um, that was conducted several years ago. I don't recall the exact year. I'd say five to 10 years ago. And um, the purpose of the survey was to find out what is it that's important to hunters? You know, is it important to go out there 
and get a trophy buck? Is that the number one thing to get a, a mature buck with big antlers? Was that important or was it important to go have camaraderie with your buddies in the camp? Everybody has a chance to hunt and um, it's really just about the opportunity. Or is it about being able to get out and have the opportunity and harvest uh, a buck, you know, of, of whatever size, you know, a four, a four corner better. And the essence of what this survey returned in terms of how CDFW interpreted the data, and I think the data, if you read it this way, read it one way, it, it they're they're correct. And that is that California hunters want the opportunity to get into the woods every year and hunt with their friends and family. Um, and that is the most important thing to California hunters, according to this survey. It's more important to have that opportunity than the actual success of the hunt. And so CDFW, if they are, you know, delivering to the consumer being hunters what what is wanted they are going to maintain a very high tag allocation for many of the zones in california so that we all get to have that opportunity to go hunt um, because hunting opportunity is more important to us supposedly than success um, and i think there's some truth in that uh, I think there's some truth in that. Um, I mean, heck, the 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 zone, one of the zones that I go into, in the D zone, two of the zones I go into, one they issue ten thousand tags for a single zone, <laughs> and the other zone that holds three three zones together, it's D three, D four, and D five. That zone, I believe, it's thirty three thousand tags issued, just in crazy numbers of tags issued, and um, Hunter reported success which is not completely accurate because not everybody reports but hunter reported success is, is in the d's in d6 where there's ten thousand tags is is like six percent it's like six or seven percent so you've got literally more than nine thousand of those ten thousand people or tag holders are going out hunting and not being successful year after year after year so you know clearly cdfw as a as a vendor of something that we want is doing a great job they're they're selling every tag out there so clearly people want them um and we're so poor at harvesting these these deer like we're so bad at it <laughs> harvest statistics are always low harvest rates are always low so you know, they can issue these tags and they know that, that we're not going to be very successful in it. And I would say there's a couple reasons why we're not successful. One, we're not very good at it. Two, there's not enough animals out there. Uh, and then three, um, you know, to a degree, I think you'd, you could say that some of these zones are very hard to hunt um, just because of the nature of the, of the landscape. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, the West slope of the Sierra Nevada is just covered in trees. Like it's just timber. And those, those bucks are, they're down in the trees. You know, we're hunting primarily September, October when the deer are, you know, bedded down all day. They're, they're nearly, nearly nocturnal. There's, there's very little opportunity for any kind of rut hunt in California those the, the the zones that have any kind of red hunt um you're talking between let's say two and 25 tags available for those and so um they really just don't even count in terms of the overall numbers but um my i have an interpretation of of the survey that i think is a little different uh than what cdfw is doing right now and i i think it leads us to an opportunity for some change and uh and so that 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 change would be going to a one tag state and uh we'll just let that sit <laughs> and i'm gonna duck <laughs> as uh everything but the kitchen sink is thrown at me 
but I, I, I do know there are hunters out there in, in the state of California that would support California going to a one deer tag state. Um, I think the correlation between the first buck and the second buck being killed is very high. Um, so another way of looking at that is that most hunters don't harvest year in and year out. You know, I probably 90, 80% of us don't ever harvest a buck. <laughs> I'm four years in and I know where there's deer and I still haven't killed my first buck. Um, but then there's that, that smaller, there's much smaller group of hunters that do harvest a buck every year. And I think it's that group that harvests two bucks every year. And so, um, in terms of, I hate to use the word fairness, it's just in terms of balancing the equation, um, cause life ain't fair and I know that, and, but I'm, I'm looking at it in terms of balancing the equation for the animals and balancing the equation for hunters in California and also creating some new opportunities to that, that might be downstream effects of this. I think if we go to a, a, a one tag state, um, it opens up a lot of opportunities. Uh, first of all, you know, in, right when you implement this, more bucks are going to survive. Um, just by the sheer nature of it, more bucks will make it into the next season, make it, make it through that, that, that season, uh, they'll make it into the rut. You'll have a better buck to go ratio right out of the gate going into the rut. And, um, over a, a period of a few years, I believe that would lead to a higher population of deer overall, higher buck to doe ratios. Um, and incrementally over time, uh, it would also lead to more, more different hunters. So a higher percentage of overall hunters having success. Um, and I also think it would yield more opportunities for some limited entry tags and some limited entry seasons uh, throughout the state. And so at that point, we have an opportunity to make the draw more enjoyable, make the draw a better experience so that hunters can get into uh, a higher percentage harvest opportunity hunt uh, through new and additional limited entry tag opportunities that don't even exist right now. So I think that would be an outcome of this as well. Um, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's, not, maybe it's, we're a one tag state, but if you draw a limited entry hunt, you, you can have, that can be your second tag. So, you know, periodically, depending on how you play the draw, you know, and depending on how these, some, some new limited entry hunt opportunities come up, perhaps, you know, it ends up being on average, you know, a hunter can have a second tag every other year, every third year, something like that. Um, but I, I know that from a funding perspective, those second tags are valuable. I, I have not pulled the data from CDFW. I'm not sure how it's available. I'm sure it will be at some point. I'd love to do some data mining uh, and some data analysis with with this. But uh, you know, those second tags are a significant fundraising mechanism for the state. And I want the CDFW to have more money, personally. I, I, I do believe that they need funding um, to address the priorities that, that we want to see worked on and the programs that we want to see worked on. And so how do you, how do you take tags away from people and get CDFW more money when the survey and the consumption, you know, data tells us that people want more tags and they want more hunting opportunity? It's a good question. Uh, my my personal belief is that, and I'll just base it off myself, but I also I think uh, I think it's a valid point. People buy a second tag in the state of California to hunt another zone. They want to extend their opportunity. You know, they buy an A zone tag because it covers you know two thirds of the of the coastal 
or hell more than that probably 90% of the coastal you know counties um so they buy the A zone tag because it covers an enormous geographic area and then they buy a D zone tag uh, you know to the east where that's close to them so they can go hunt the Sierra Nevada foothills and and mountains up to the up to, up to the Pacific Crest um, or they buy two, like myself, I buy two D zone tags typically because there's multiple areas in the Sierra Nevada that, that I want to hunt. Um, or they buy, you know, one of those zones and then they buy an AO tag, an archery only tag that gives them damn near the whole state to hunt in. So people buy a second tag, not so much that they believe they're actually going to kill two deer, but because they want opportunity to hunt uh longer seasons you know a zone archery starts in july there's d zone rifle general seasons that end in november and so by getting a couple different tags you can basically be in season hunting in california with more or less over-the-counter tags that are easy to get from mid-july till mid-november um, so I think that's the reason that so many second tags are sold. It's because the opportunity is there to hunt more varied terrain and habitat for a longer period of time to be successful, hopefully at least once and in rare occasions twice. And so from a funding perspective, I believe that California could be a one tag state and we have the option to buy that tag and then add additional zones to it for a fee kind of like additional stamps and so you know using myself as an example um throw in for the draw and uh for a limited entry hunt um and as my backup plan i put in for a uh, D3 to D5, you know, for the book rate of whatever it is, say 45 bucks. Um, and then I say, you know what, this year I still want to hunt down in central California some. And so I'm going to add for another $30, I'm going to add, you know, D6 zone or D7, whatever. Um, and gosh, you know, I, I, I really, I'd, I'd like to have the chance to go hunt up in the North Coast two so for another 35 dollars, i'll throw a b zone stamp on there and lo and behold i've added up you know i've added my my, my zones that i want to hunt and with my single tag and now i've got uh a, a 90 or 100 dollar tag and california has their money um, i'm happy because i get to go hunt where i want i've got lots of opportunity maybe my season has been extended a little bit by the way i've put these together and I'm in a good spot to go out and start scouting multiple areas, multiple habitats to uh, go hunting. Um, so I think I think we can become a one tag state, and I believe that we can do it in a way that preserves or even enhances the funding to CDFW, uh, and and in a way that that absolutely preserves our hunting opportunity in terms of where we hunt where we have an opportunity to hunt and uh, what those seasons are that we, that we get to hunt the times time frame. Um, so I want to put that on the table as, as something that we should be looking at as a state and as hunters and as a community. Um, because I think it's going to help achieve some of the things that we want, you know, we want, we want more deer in the mountains and in the foothills uh, throughout California. Um, and we want more opportunities to, to harvest a buck. And so I think uh, one of the things one of the things we achieve this is by going to a one tag state. So that's that's point number one um, that I want to get out there and would love to see some dialogue on this. Uh, you can hit me up on my Instagram. Uh, hunting ain't easy at Instagram. It's super easy. Uh, also, I'll start linking out. Uh, if you go to the link tree 
on, on that site, on that page, on Instagram, you'll see my locals, a link to my locals page. So my locals page for hunting and easy is, is free. Uh, would love to have you join me there and uh, a good place to have dialogue, good place to post up ideas uh, on this topic and, uh, and others and, and get some dialogue and community uh, building going on. So let's see, let's see where we can take this. Uh, my guess is a change like this would take at least uh, two years <laughs> to get in place. And so I'm looking at the long game. And uh, right now, when it comes to making, you know, getting ideas out there to improve the, the situation here in California, there's, there's really no wrong answers. Um, so looking at, at how we can improve things. You know, point number two, and this is actually a bigger one. Uh, point number two is, is I I believe that we need to uh, plan and create a, a reality where CDFW, as an agency and fishing game and the Fishing Game Commission, direct all, and I would underscore all, wildlife management decisions, activities, policies, and rules. Um. One of the biggest problems that we have faced in terms of wildlife management in California and where it intersects with hunting and conservation in California is that legislative policy or, you know, the public proposition, the public voting on pu public voting on, on a proposition has really gotten in our way and 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 messed things up. Uh, examples being um, the threat to bear hunting in California that came through as a Senate uh, bill this winter here in California. Thank goodness, as a community, we jumped all over that and really drove uh, some some communication and statistics and and facts uh towards this thing and and hunters and even some non-hunters alike got behind saying no no you know bear hunting is good and necessary in the state and so that bill got pulled um but also you get into propositions like the the proposition that led to the ban on mountain hunting hunt, mountain lion hunting in california um you know legislation and propositions like that are truly they're driven not by science. They're driven not by data, but they're driven by emotions. Um, they're driven by people thinking, "Eh, this doesn't affect me. I'll check the box because I like I like pictures of of fuzzy mountain lion cubs and and cute you know black bears." Um, it costs a person nothing to have a very short term opinion on something like that and just check the box. Sure. I'll, I'll say, yeah, you know, they've been fed uh, lies or poorly constructed uh, stories based on on data, which may or may not be accurate um, to affect their opinion on a subject. Uh, the, and you have situations where people that spend almost no time in the woods, they don't hunt. They don't have animals uh, on the rural fringe of you know California's rural communities, so they're not impacted at all. It costs them nothing to say no, don't do that. You know, I don't want people mountain lion hunting. And then um, twenty years later, you've got a situation where mountain lions are, you know, probably at or near, uh, you know, in terms of modern terms, record record population levels. Um, they are moving into our suburban areas throughout the state. Uh, they're moving into some of our urban areas throughout the state. And we're starting to see more and more, you know, human mountain lion uh, conflict. And obviously, we know that mountain lions eat deer as one of their number one sources of food and protein. And so the mountain, the, the mountain lion population is going up record numbers and the deer population in California is at uh, coming towards a, a hundred year low. Um, so science would tell you that this is predictable and expected. 
but that's not what was sold to the population when they were asked to vote on this. And so moving rulemaking and policymaking out of the legislative arena and into purely the Fishing Game Commission and CDFW's arena is going to have a long-term benefit. It'll have a very much a stabilizing effect on on decisions like this. Um, I think other states call it, uh, you know, constitutional right to hunt. Um, I, I, heck, I, I could call it the Supporting Wildlife Act. I, I think that there's enough about this type of change that would be positive, seen as positive for non-hunters and hunters alike that crafted correctly and communicated well to, you know, the entire population of California, that this could be picked up and supported. We're talking about using science-based, non-political rulemaking decisions and policy and, and procedures for truly supporting wildlife diversity uh, and balanced wildlife populations in the state, uh, with hunting as a, as, as a, as a tool, not just for, you know, not just, well, as a tool, both for, for maintaining these populations the way they should be, uh, in balance, but also to fund the work that CDFW needs to do, um, Embedded in this concept of uh, this change, uh, we repeal the mountain lion hunting ban, and and whether that's through, you know, something that's phased in where there's a study that's funded, you know, we do a three-year study and then it's it's the the mountain lion hunting ban is 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 pulled back after that study so that CDFW can have the data that they need to make the right rules. That's fine, whatever. Um, you know, we repeal the bobcat hunting ban and we establish uh, a large carnivore biologist position here in the state. Um, there should be a biologist in the state of California that works with the CD, for the CDFW that is absolutely focused on the health and management and maintenance of large carnivores. You know, I am not at all one to believe, and I think many hunters in California, you know, don't want to see bears eradicated from the state. I don't want to see coyotes eradicated. I don't want to see uh, mountain lions eradicated. And bluntly, you know, I don't care if there's wolves in the state. My view is that all of the apex predators have their place, including humans. So as long as humans are allowed to be at the table as one of the apex predators, and that we can be used as hunters, that we have a role in helping manage the population of the other apex predators, then that's fine. They belong there too. Um, I think I think a diverse wilderness and you know, wildlife uh, population has all of those players in it. Um, but uh, you know, when there's so many bears that they're cruising into Davis, California. <laughs> Look up Davis, California on a map. Uh, this is not bear habitat, but there's been a bear in Davis, California three times in the last two years now. Um, so, you know, when you've got mountain lions cruising, you know, east, 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 east county, east Bay Area, uh, suburban neighborhoods, uh, that's a problem. Like, you know, clearly we, we've got an imbalance and uh, these animals are no longer fearful of humans um, because for multiple generations of, 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 for mountain lions and bears, they're, they're not being hunted. Well, bears, bears are, but not by hounds anymore. So anyways, you know, embedded in the idea of CDFW and Fish and Game Commission getting to direct all wildlife management decisions and activities, um, we, we pull back the mountain lion hunting ban. We pull back the bobcat hunting ban. We establish a position for a large carnivore biologist um, to help maintain and manage and direct decisions for that of, of these animals. And, uh, 
And I think we'd, we'd be in a much better position long-term. Um, I think that the hunting community, you know, so many of us don't understand where, the, where some of the decisions and rules come from, but CDFW, of course, they, they take the brunt of the blame whenever there's something that we don't like. Um, but a lot of times they're enacting policy and, 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 and working on, you know, policies that have been developed through legislation that they had nothing to do with. Um, so if we strip away that legislation, strip away those policies and propositions that have, that have really, you know, infected wildlife management in this state and give this stuff, give these things to, to the agency for that non-biased, non-political, uh, science-based decision-making, I think the hunting community will start to trust CDFW a lot more. We won't always like their decisions, and that's fine. Um, we won't like their decisions, but we'll know what the data, what the decisions are based on in terms of data. We will know that there is public comment period where we can communicate directly to them in terms of our position and our our what we want to see happen and and what we think of what they're doing, um, and then also you know rulemaking and policy changes at that level are a little easier to reverse after several years if the outcome is not what was expected. Um, much easier to reverse policy there than it is when it's a law that's been written into, um, kind of carved into stone via legislation or proposition. So that's, uh, that's, that's big idea number two. And I think it's something that would take also a couple years to, to get done. Um, it would take a lot of money to get this, um, this change because it would probably be, need to be a proposition. Ironically, it need to be a proposition that's put on the ballot to then where we need to get, you know, um, I don't know, we might even have to get 60% or two-thirds support because ideally, if it's a constitutional amendment that makes these definitions, um, that's a that, that that's going to be a, a much higher bar to clear. But if we can clear that bar, then it really locks in where we stand and where wildlife management stands within the state uh, with a much stronger position. So again... Um, let's get that conversation started. And, uh, this is something that I want to share with several of the conservation groups here in the state. And I think that, uh, if we can get the conservation groups aligned on something along these lines, uh, and they can help, you know, spearhead the effort and tell people like myself and, and you, you know, how to support it, uh, properly, how to support it. So it, it, continues to build steam and build some momentum and build some alliances in the non-hunting community, then um, we may have a shot at getting this done. Uh, third idea, and this is super simple it, for me to get behind, is that's a spring bear season and or a second bear tag option. Uh, I think it should be both. Uh, we've got 30 to 40,000 bears in the state of California. Um, the harvest quota right now is on the order of 1900. We, we never hit it. <laughs> so last year with COVID impacting so much of the hunting in the state, we didn't even break a thousand on that. Um, obviously bringing back hound hunting would have a lot of benefits in terms of the overall bear harvest. Uh, very emotional issue for people that don't understand the benefits of hound hunting. And if you didn't hunt with hounds before, you may have sat silent when this came up. And so, you know, shame on you, but, but shame on me together as well, because I didn't, I wasn't a hunter at the time and I didn't voice an opinion either. Um, and I think I hadn't even realized until in the last year or two, what the benefits of hound hunting are, uh, besides the obvious, um, benefits of harvesting more bears to keep the population in check. You also have, you know, when you're hunting with hounds, you tree the bear. And so it's very easy or a lot easier to identify. Am I shooting a sow? Is this a sow with cubs? Is this an old boar? You know, this is this a, a mature old boar? 
or is this a young bear that's just kind of growing up? And so you have a much better opportunity with hound hunting to, uh, to be selective. And, and that's a good thing. Being selective is good when it comes to this stuff. And so, um, you know, there are benefits to hound hunting. Super, hound hunting. It's a super emotional issue. Can't say it straight. Um, very emotional issue. But uh, so we'll set that one aside. But we still have, say, 40,000 bears in the state. And the quota is less than 2,000. And so if we want to reset the harvest quota and population targets to current day numbers, you know, harvesting 10% of that population is not unreasonable. And that would mean resetting the, the harvest quota to 4,000. I'm sure we're not getting that number right now, but I believe that bear hunting is going to be on the upswing here in the state. And I think um, more more people in the next couple of years will be coming from out of state to hunt bears in California. Um, and I believe more, more hunters will, will start to become successful with bear hunting. So that's good. Um, secondly, there are people out there that hunt bears specifically and they're really good at it. And so a second bear tag option, uh, whether you change the quota or not, a second bear tag option would be another fundraising mechanism for the state uh, it would also help us meet our, our, our harvest, harvest targets. So second bear tag option for the fall season uh, should be a no-brainer and should be easy to, easy to do. Another, another option, of course, is the spring bear season. And a spring bear season in California would be a fantastic way to you know, get people out into the woods, get some hunting, going on in April and May. Um, it would be a great complement to that second bear tag opportunity. It would also help advance us each year towards the harvest quota. Um, and so I think it would also really pull in out of state license sales, um, which is a great funding opportunity. Uh, if we ran a spring bear hunt through a limited entry, option uh, with a limited number of tags it goes straight into a draw situation which is a funding opportunity and um, it's just a win-win like all the way around it is absolutely a win-win you know if you take some mature boars off the landscape in spring i can almost guarantee you every bear we take out of out of population in spring is at least one fawn or two uh, that doesn't get killed. <laughs> and so you have an immediate benefit to the deer population. Um, and bear meat tastes great. You know, we don't have a lot of bears that are eating, you know, rotten fish all day in California. You know, our bears are, are primarily, you know, grass-fed, acorn-fed, berry-fed um, omnivores that eat a lot of vegetarian diet. And so spring bear is going to be good meat, uh, just like fall bear is. Uh, and it would be a, a, just a great opportunity for more people to get involved with, with hunting bears. And from a conservation and wildlife management perspective, it'd be a great mechanism to uh, help, the, help the deer population. So, um, I think, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people here into the state would be like, oh, not more out of state hunters. Well, we don't have very many out of state hunters in California. And if, if we could bring in another, you know, couple hundred out of state hunters on, on bear tags in the spring, um, you know, that's going to be some real money that comes into the state, um, uh, in terms of the license, license sales and the tag sales. And then as soon as you've got those licenses sold, you know, more of those folks are going to, if they're not successful, they're going to come back in the fall to hunt bear in the fall um, from out of state. And while they do that, they may pick up a, a deer tag as well. And so there's a mechanism here with these bear tag options opportunities to really drive some additional funding to CDFW while... Um, while helping manage the bear population. Uh, one of the biggest risks, so why, why no spring bear? 
Uh, and why no fall bear? Why no? Why no second bear tag? You know, what are the risks there? What are the issues? Because they seem like such obvious, uh, you know, win wins for everybody involved. Um, from what I've heard, the folks at Fishing Game Commission and CDFW have said that they are leery or just straight up fearful of bringing forward any new bear management program changes such as uh, increasing the harvest quota, a second bear tag or a spring bear tag. They're leery of doing that because when these things go to public comment, none of the hunters show up, but all of the anti hunters do show up. Again, this is where the hunting community needs to become more active, more communicative and more involved in saying what we want, what we do, what we're a part of, what we believe in and what we support so that, you know, say these, these ideas made it to a policy discussion with public comments. You know, if there's a hundred people there that brought their teddy bear doll and they're ranting that a spring bear season means a bunch of sows will be killed and cubs will be abandoned. You know, they're and they're they're using this emotional lie to communicate. And there's no hunters there to say that a you, we support what is on the table to be discussed, and that differentiation, identification of sows with cubs differentiation between sows and and boars young bears and mature boars that these things can be done and that these risks that will be called out and these fears that will be called out are not accurate and are not representative of what what is being considered you know if we're not there for that discussion then fishing game and cdfw has a very hard time passing you know, making new new policies like this. So we need to bring together our support for this in such a way that if this makes it into a policy discussion, Fishing Game Commission, CDFW, know we're there to back them up. Like the data is there to back it up. But if we're not there to support the data and speak to the experience and speak to why a hunter like myself would want to bring home a second bear it's because the first the meat from the first bear is almost gone and it's really good meat and we enjoy it and we use every bit of it um if we're not there to have that conversation and provide support then these things don't go anywhere so you know one of the other one of the one of the risks that would be called out is this issue of of uh sows being killed sows with cubs being killed during a spring bear hunt because the, the cubs are tiny. They are they're like little bowling balls rolling around and they're squirrely and they're not always right next to the sow. And so mama bears cruise in and she's, she's big and easy to sight and see from a distance. And, um, you know, cubs are not as easy to see. And so, but those risks can be mitigated. You know, there could be a spring bear hunter education requirement. Um, where hunters become educated on on how to avoid taking a sow with cubs because there are things to learn in that in that realm um and there's nothing wrong with having more people educated in terms of identifying uh bear age uh bear sex you know male male female etc and so you know if this is a, a a way that we have a mechanism for getting a more educated uh, hunting community fantastic you know let's do that so the risks here can be acknowledged and mitigated where they're where they are reasonable and then we can go forward and so my third idea here is we need to get to where we have a spring bear season um and i believe we need to get to where we have a second bear tag opportunity um these are net positive on revenue. They are net positive on 
meeting harvest targets and managing a very large bear population. And they are net positive on the effects, downstream effects of uh, supporting our deer and elk populations. Because we all know that, that bears go after fawns and calves uh, pretty aggressively. So let's get behind this. Let's figure it out. Let's find a way to have this, this conversation. Um, let's figure out who amongst the conservation organization community you know, we need to get alignment with. Um, so that when this does become an issue in front of CDFW and Fish and Game, that we can be there to support them. You know, if there's 50 people from Humane Society or, or the Bear League um, or PETA say, no, don't do this, um, that there's 5,000 of us, you know, on the Zoom call or sending in public comment in support of it. So that when these decisions are being considered, it is widely known that we are here to support this. Uh, the hunting community is engaged and involved, and and then we can help show some solidarity on on these topics. Um, so finally, my fourth topic of the uh, the the uh, ten point plan, <laughs> since we won't get to anything else on this uh, this podcast. Um, so my fourth idea is something that is all about public perception and uh, showcasing who we are and showcasing you know, the industry, the statistics, showcasing the, the challenges and policy needs of, of wildlife management and habitat management in California. And that is that we, we put together some kind of spring meet and greet. And by meet, I'm talking about steaks, burgers, um, chili, <laughs> You know, all of the, the different types of dishes that we can make with wild-caught foods in California. So a spring meet and greet, what would that look like? It would look like a food festival, basically. Food festival here in Sacramento, I think it should take off, kick off uh, uh, on a nice spring afternoon or evening in Sacramento, ideally right before, actually not right before, right at the beginning of the legislative session every year and so we want to have an event where people within the community non-hunters foodies people that want to taste free range you know organic wild fed bear or duck or deer or antelope or elk or striper you know or or salmon um, basically any of the wild caught foods that we have that fall under the realm of CDFW's, you know, management jurisdiction, we have a food festival and people come in and they get to taste the food, taste the dishes, taste the meat and, and get to know why it is that so many of us are passionate, passionate about, uh, about this, this source of food. And the more we can spread this out to um, a population of non-hunters, the better it is. Um, because everybody loves a good food festival. Heck, pull in some microbrews. California is a great, great state for craft beer. And of course, we know it's a great state for, for, uh, for locally crafted wines. And so you put together this festival and you've got an audience of people Many of them won't be hunters and we can expose them to not just the benefits of hunting, um, but some of the statistics and some of the policy needs that we, we want them to support. Um, and we, uh, we bring in the legislators as well. We bring in the senators and the assembly members to participate and see what it is that we do so that when humane society walks into a state senator's office and says, we're going to tell people that, that bear hunting uh, isn't done for meat and isn't done for uh, consumption of wild game. That senator can say, you know what? That's not going to fly because there's this event every year at the Capitol, on the Capitol lawn. It's the spring meet and greet, whatever we call it. And 
I've had bear chili down there and it's really good. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, in terms of the, the long play, putting something together like this um, to become an annual event where we cross over and engage with and connect with non-hunting non-hunting allies, uh, where we put ourselves forward in a positive light with a really uh, with a really good event for the legislative body to to see what we do um, would be a great way to you know build alliances throughout the state and it would also be a great fundraising event um, which could then further support our conservation groups uh, and also support some lobbying efforts down the road when we need when we do need a professional lobbyist to carry our message uh, you know behind the scenes and and get things done on our behalf so that's topic number four that I am pushing forward. And, and you're going to hear me talk about all of these um, whenever I have a guest on that is involved in conservation or, or policymaking here in the state. And I definitely want to get some conversations going with you listeners uh, through through Instagram and the locals page. And then um, I'm not sure if I'll ever have a Facebook page or not, but uh, let's work on these things. Um, CDFW and Fish and Game Commission direct all wildlife management decisions and activities. You know, let's get politics out of the rulemaking and policymaking, uh, and and put the put 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 it all into their arena. Um, let's uh, let's make California a one deer tag state. As hard as that sounds to swallow, I think we can do it in a way that gives us uh, keeps the funding where it is maybe even we can drive funding higher uh we can maintain opportunity in terms of how many zones we can hunt um we can hunt more than one zone we can find a way to do that we can hunt the seasons that we want we can find a way to do that you know these second uh the second bucks that do get killed each year they stay on the landscape lead to higher buck to doe ratios, higher population, and maybe that helps drive new limited entry tag opportunities. So let's do that. Uh, and then let's get a spring bear season set up and a second bear tag option uh, for uh, for hunter, hunters here in California, net positive in all regards. And then let's put together a big spring meet and greet where people can see and taste what it is that we're so passionate about and why even non-hunters should get behind our, our initiatives and, and support the things that we're doing here in the state of California. Hey, so I want to thank you for listening to the nearly hour-long podcast on policies and ideas I've got for how we can improve our situation here in California. The bottom line is we have a lot of hunters and we don't have enough animals on the landscape and so we need to find ways to better manage the landscape and the habitat and obviously we need to do a better job of managing the animals so i'm looking forward to your engagement and your 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 conversation your comments on on the ideas thrown out there and then um obviously these are long-term policy changes that would need to be made um through the right channels and so uh, looking forward to seeing how we can all get our voices together in the right way and on the right platform to to make some things happen uh, to benefit the animals that we're hunting and benefit our opportunities to hunt as well. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably have seen uh, Hunting Ain't Easy on Instagram, but if not, uh, you can check out the Instagram feed, Hunting Ain't Easy at Instagram. My personal page is uh, is public on Instagram as well, Costello95691 at Instagram. And then in terms of a, a platform for us to you know, really actually communicate uh, in, in a more uh, kind of a, a better a better format in terms of um, I'd say similar to Facebook but a little cleaner and, and more focused without the ads and all that junk um, is the Locals platform. A couple other 
folks in the hunting community are starting to use it and I've checked it out and it looks like a good place to look a good venue. And so I invite you to go over to the website, huntingainteasy.locals.com and you'll find uh, the beginnings of our community there and you can post things up. Uh, you can comment on my posts. I can comment on yours. And so we can have dialogue, share ideas, share uh, hunt stories and whatnot over there. And I invite you to check that out and see how that, uh, that community is going to evolve over time. So looking forward to seeing you and hearing from you over the next few weeks and months. And let's see where we can take this thing. Hope you have a great day and looking forward to getting the next episode out soon. I'm Mike Costello, and this is Hunting Ain't Easy, and I very much appreciate your listening. We'll catch you next time.